I'm Katie, child sleep consultant and owner of Rucker by Mama. I am so happy that you have found this podcast. However you came across it, I'm so happy you're here. My mission truly is to help parents feel empowered and educated with the choices that they're making for their child's sleep. As a new mom, I knew I would be tired, but I just didn't know how exhausted I was going to be and how that lack of sleep was going to impact me mentally, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. And it is truly life-changing when you can get the sleep that you need, but in order for that to happen, often you have to look at your child's sleep. So that is what I'm doing here on this podcast and on my blog and on my social media, really just trying to educate you and empower you with choices that you feel are great for your family. Today, I'm taking a little different approach and I'm going to tell you my story, not how I became a sleep consultant because I have shared that before, but I'm sharing my story of when I was a child and my relationship with sleep because it truly has impacted how I approach this work. So thank you so much for tuning in. So let's go ahead and get into it. I think it's important to share my story, one, because it does influence how I approach working with older kids. But second, I think it's important that as you look at your child's sleep situation, especially with older kids, it's a very different approach than what you see um, kind of pushed out on media about younger kids. You see a lot of focus on the younger kids' sleep, but not so much the older kids' sleep. And when you're dealing with that, it is very different. So I'm hoping that I can just illuminate this situation and help you think through different ideas, whether you have an older kid or for the future, how you can help your child become a secure sleeper. So starting like at the earliest memory I have with sleep, I don't know uh, truly when I was younger, like around five or six, where I slept because I remember sleeping in my parents' room, but I also remember sleeping in the room that I shared with my sister. So I remember doing both around, you know, the five-year mark. I just don't think that my parents really cared. I think that if I slept with them, they didn't care. If I slept in my, my room with my sister, she didn't care. So I think I just kind of slept wherever I wanted. Um, when I was in second grade, we moved houses and I got my own room and my room was situated at the front of the house. There was a window that faced the street and on that street was a speed bump. So anytime cars would zoom past it or they would slow down, I could hear that. And it was really, really frightening for me as a child to hear these cars slowing down or zooming past. And really, I think, you know, you can't control your house situation, your house layout. But had my parents taken some sort of measure to buffer that sound or make me feel a little more secure, I do think that that would have encouraged me to sleep in my room more. Because at that house, I did not like sleeping in that room. Often when everyone was asleep, I would sneak into my sister's room, which was right next to mine, and I would sleep on the floor in her room. And I would often write notes so that if she woke up and she saw me, she would understand what happened. So I would just write, you know, hi, Karen, I'm scared. So I'm sleeping in your room. And really, like, looking back, I feel very 
um, sad and sorry for that younger version because I was so scared, but I didn't have the tools to, you know, really find that peace and comfort. And that's had no fault to anyone. Nobody really knew that I was feeling this way because I wasn't vocal about it. But I do think that if you are concerned with your older kids, just looking for those signs, the inability to sleep alone, the desire to sleep in someone else's room, even if they're sleeping in the living room constantly or they're protesting bedtime, sometimes those can be signs and they're just too scared to bring it up. So that was my early experience with sleep. Never really truly loved falling asleep on my own. Didn't really even like having my own room. Um, I think another aspect of that at the time was that I was watching a lot of the night news and usually they would open with the inmates who escaped from prison or the shootings that have been occurring in the city. And as a young child, I just didn't need that. I should not have been watching that. Usually at that point, my parents were already asleep. I was just like, it was just on TV and I would watch it. Um, So I do think that that's an important consideration is to monitor what your child's watching on TV because even innocent TV shows might have underlying themes that could frighten your child and that is one easy way to just make sure that they're not getting any outside influence. But the big event that really shaped my relationship with sleep was when I was about 10, around that age, I woke up one night standing in my backyard. I had a dream that my sisters were leaving. We were going somewhere really quickly. We were running through the house. They were saying, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I stopped to tie my shoes. And when I stopped, they ran out the back door and I lost them. So I ran out to catch up with them. My sister has a room. It's like detached from my parents' house. So she was staying out there in that room. And that's where they had run into in my dream. So I went and I was banging on the door trying to get them to let me in. And as I was waiting for them to come to the door, I'm just kind of looking around and I look across and I see the neighbors across the street and they had a a light on by their front door. And I remember looking at that light and slowly waking up to the realization that I was outside in my backyard and it was terrifying. My mom, shortly later, she came to the back door and she said, Katie, are you okay? And I just said, yes. And I went back to bed. Man, that was terrifying. It was the first time that I know that I'm aware that I had a sleepwalking episode. Of course, if I did sleepwalk at some other point, I didn't know and no one else had observed that. So it was terrifying. And so after that point, anytime I went to bed, that's all I could think about. I was so scared that I was going to sleepwalk again. And if I did, I truly, I don't know. There are a few times when some weird things happened. Like there was one time I woke up in the middle of the night and I didn't have my blanket and I couldn't find it on the floor. And I was so angry because I was convinced that my sister came into my room and took my blanket off me so that I would be freezing. And I was just sure that that's what had happened. And so I was so mad, but I was tired. And of course I was scared of walking around my house at night. So I just stayed and went back to sleep. The next morning I went to the bathroom and I found my blanket 
hanging over the shower curtain and that's usually how we like would throw our towels after our shower we just throw them up there so that they would dry and so I think like maybe I was acting out those actions of just throwing over my towel but it was actually my blanket I don't know if that's what happened or not but that's what I'm thinking unless my sister truly did take my blanket off of me and then there was another time when the cops showed up at our house in the middle of the night saying that they had received a 911 call. So my mom came into my room, woke me up, and asked me if I called the cops for some reason. And I said no, and I went back to sleep. But I was like, did I? Did I dial 911 in my sleep? Because at this point, I don't know. Like, how am I supposed to know? So I picked up the landline that was next to my bed and I was debating, should I look at the call history? Should I click or dial to see who it's going to call? But I did not want to know. I just didn't want to know. I felt like if I had called them and I knew that it was going to continue to terrify me and I was going to always live in that fear. Joke's on me because I still live in fear that I'm going to do something when I'm sleeping and not know. And had I just checked, then I feel like it would have put that question to bed and I would have been able to have some peace if I hadn't called them. But instead, I dialed the house number to erase the history. I just called my mom today because as I was preparing some of the content around this whole um, experience that I had, I wanted to see if she remembered that, if she had remembered that day when the cops came. And she did, but she was thinking that I was going to tell her like, yes, I did call the cops. And I, I was like, no, I'm just, I wanted to tell you that like ever since that experience when I was younger and I had those sleepwalking episodes, I have never, even to this day, been able to just go to sleep without the fear that I'm going to sleepwalk. It's been over 20 years and I still fear that I am going to walk in my sleep. And what's worse, it's not like that I just walked around the house and went back to bed, but I was acting out actions that I was doing. I went outside. And so it always always terrifies me that something like that's going to happen. And I think that is why it's so important for me that I speak out now because I know that had had things been done differently, had I been more vocal, had my parents known, maybe I could have gotten help earlier. Maybe I wouldn't have spent so many years living in fear and having this anxiety and this poor relationship with sleep. And truly, my whole experience has shaped how I view older kids' sleep. The thing is, with babies and toddlers, a lot of their behavior around sleep is very habit-based. They're used to doing certain things, and then when those things aren't in place, it's hard for them to go to sleep. So, especially with newborns, you'll notice like they like to nurse to sleep, or they like to feed to sleep, or maybe they just fall asleep when they're being held. And sometimes it's hard for them when those things aren't present. As your kid gets older, sometimes they'll continue to wake overnight because they're so used to having a bottle to go to sleep and they need that. Or even when they're toddlers, if they're used to sleeping with you or having you in the room when they fall asleep, sometimes it's hard for them to do that without your presence. And those situations are very habit-based. I do not believe 
that a toddler or a baby has the fear that older kids can have because they don't have the life experience. They don't have the understanding when the news is on TV. That just isn't there yet. But when they are older, I do think the game changes. So with older kids, we enter a different realm. And a lot of times you're dealing with trauma and other stressors in their life. And I know as a parent, it can be very hard to come to terms with this. I know that you might want to deny that your child has experienced stress or trauma, or you just don't really want to look at that. But if you're being honest with yourself, then you're really only going to benefit your child. And honestly, it might not even be that deep. Like, yes, there were things in my childhood that happened that I truly believe were traumatic for me. My sisters, who also went through them, they were older, probably not as traumatic for them. But for me, it was. It was very scary because in my mind, I was going to die in these situations. And that that truly impacted my development. So I, I think it's important to take that objective look and see if something has happened in your life, in your family, that maybe your child has just responded to in a different way and if that's the case that's okay it's going to happen and again though it might not be that deep maybe they have anxiety and fear from their environment like I did when I was in my new room or maybe from school they have heard things or they talk to their friends and they hear things and they're scared or things that they watch on tv so just tune into that and then talk to your child or get someone to talk to them. Not all kids are going to feel comfortable sharing information with you that they're scared because there's a lot of shame that can come with that. Um, like for me, my sister's, not my sister, is my sister. She made fun of me a lot for sleeping with my parents. And like for me, I was just so scared to sleep alone. So of course, I'm not going to be able to communicate that and verbalize it. But had somebody noticed and truly sat me down and talked about it or gotten me help, I think it would have changed the game a little bit. Now, why my mom never locked me in my room to make sure that I didn't sleepwalk is beyond me because truly, if my daughter ever starts sleepwalking, I feel like I'm going to lock the door so that like at least to my room so that she can't get in. Um, but really, I think that helping your child feel safe and secure can go a long way. So um, thinking through how you can make your child feel safe and secure in their room is going to make a huge difference. And this is something that I'll continue to talk about on Instagram. And I have another podcast coming out this month that's going to talk about how you can do that, how you can make your child feel safe and secure in their room because truly that's what we want. We want to raise children who are confident. We want children who can go to summer camps and feel safe and secure. We want children who are going to sleep in their room and not have that debilitating anxiety or stress or fear that they're going to do something when they're sleeping or even just being alone and falling asleep with that fear can be very heavy. So we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can as parents to just set them up for that security. 
if your child is dealing with parasomnias, so they're sleepwalking, maybe they have night terrors, and you want to talk to someone who has been there and who has worked with families with these situations, then I offer consultations to help you make a plan of action so that you can leave that phone call with a step-by-step plan to make sure that you're doing everything possible for your little one. You can message me on Instagram to chat if that's something that you're interested in. I know that being a parent can feel overwhelming, feel like you're trying to do everything to make sure your child grows up to be the best human possible. And I don't want to add to that. I really want you to feel empowered with as much information as you can so that you're making choices that are right for your child and for your family. And this is just one element. Some children will deal with parasomnias where they are doing things in their sleep where they have sleep disorders that make it challenging for them to have a good relationship with sleep and for you to sleep because if you're aware of it, you might not be able to sleep because you wanna make sure your child is safe. So I hope that this information has just added another tool in your tool belt. Thank you so much for letting me tell my story. It truly impacts how I view my work and and the purpose behind everything I do here. I'm so excited for the rest of this series where we'll talk more about parasomnias and how you can make your child feel secure. So tune in next week for more. Sweet dreams, y'all.